tonight on Rogue Padron, hopefully. Oh, look, it's the Rogue Padron episode about Lyra, back from the dead. It's a... It's a miracle. It really is, this time. (laughs) Maybe we should wait till the end of the episode to say that. (laughs) This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Yeah, you guys gotta get weird with this one. So many balls. (laughs) (laughs) That was so (laughs) Bodhi. Excuse me, that's Brigadier General Melbar. There's there's two Darth Vaders. They kind of swap in and out as Natalie Portman and Anakin Skywalker. Pepperoncini! That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, okay. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Season 14, Mission 2, Episode 114 of Rogue Padron. Tonight, we are hopefully going to be talking about Lyra Urso. (laughs) You know, just being real topical, given what's going on in Star Wars right now. Yeah, Yeah. you know, we're, we're definitely a hot button type of podcast breaking news we're on the <laughs> we're recording an emergency pod <laughs> about lira urso i'm trying Wait, to think so that'll of, be fun i'm trying to i'm trying to remember an idiom but i cannot do it great it's killing me we're on the what is it between our the, the beat on the pulse of, of one the and a rock of the other what is the what am I looking for? What? what is happening? We got our finger on the pulse of the news. Is that it? This has already gone off the rails. <laughs> I'm gonna give up. I can't do this. Biting well, off more than you can hard place. That's what And she with said. that, a quick reminder of your host. <laughs> if Heath, Rogue Three, was a scene from Rogue One, he'd be the Death Star shooting straight through Krennic because that is some petty bullshit. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's- peak petty i love it so much target you know target right there target acquired sir (laughs) danny rogue six would be when k2 saves Jin and cassian and sarcastically mocks them for being stealthy and how yes definitely need to stay on the ship because danny needs more appreciation from life for doing their job oh i think yeah you need to be appreciated more Oh, <laughs> and your fourteen side hustles. <laughs> I think I'm down to twelve now. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, life balance. Exactly. <laughs> it's Libra season after all. <laughs> it is such a Libra season. Whew. Saf Rogue Seven would be when everyone is hyped and arguing and real mad, and Baze just thunks back because he is tired with a capital T. Oh, that is such a mood. That is that is my spirit right there. Just like, oh, nope. <laughs> nah, I'm out. I'm going to take a nap now. <laughs> and I'm Meg, rogue leader. And I'm when Bodhi reaches Admiral Radish and thinks that we did good and everything's going to be fine. And then sees the grenade and realizes that victory is fleeting because the work is never done. Ooh. Sounds right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit real. <laughs> Dark, but right. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, that was all of you hosts. Okay. We, do, we don't have any guest hosts today. <laughs> no, I'm not. sorry, we do not. Okay. Um. Sorry, I'm just like, I gotta do literally everything else now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Danny, uh, can you take the listener questions tonight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me just take a swig here. <laughs> all right, speaking of... um bleakness i have a question about star wars oh that's exciting mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> um we're in everyone's favorite time of year when um star wars twitter account at star wars tweets literally anything and every human on the planet responds to them with this isn't the trailer you suck go die in a hole 
Yep. Yeah. The most wonderful um, time of the so, year. Yes. <laughs> Ding dong merrily on high. <laughs> <laughs> it's trailer demanding season. Okay, so... I just got a great because idea there's... question. <laughs> great. Um, because the trailer is nigh, or so it seems... Um, there's been a lot of, like, sort of little tidbits of news about The Rise of Skywalker coming out in the past month, like little pieces here and there. Um, we totally zoomed over Triple Force Friday a couple weeks ago. That was great. Um, but in all the hubbub, one piece of news has surfaced as, like, clearly the most important little tidbit about this movie. I think we can all agree. It's that there's another Akbar. There is another There Akbar. is another Akbar. <laughs> Said another way, Akbar canonically fucks. <laughs> We all knew that. Yeah. Well, Meg knew that. I mean, um, we knew it, but we hadn't had it confirmed by Star Wars yet. Like, Star Wars hadn't... That's fair. Star Wars wasn't brave enough to... Star Wars is cowards. It. I think we that's been made very clear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was the most important part of Triple Force Friday, mm-hmm. was the reveal of who is presumably Aftab Akbar. And they are so beautiful in their white flight suit. It's a, yeah, it's good. They are currently my phone background. <laughs> Great. Because so I guess the question here is, what are our hopes for young Aftab Akbar and the Rise of Skywalker? Okay. To not die. So, yes. Besides the obvious, which is like top billing once the credits roll. Yeah. Um, I would say... I what I really want, and this is actually a serious thing, is that I hope we see Mon Cal snub fighters. So not just like the big cruisers, but like single person crafts would be really cool. I can think of a few people who would get really excited about that. Yes, and their name is Nick. Yep, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> yep. Yep. But I think that'd be super rad, especially because like. We don't really have updated versions of, like, we don't have, like, new snub fighters. Like, it's just Y-wings that are slightly different and X-wings that are slightly different. And the the big bombers look like B-wings. And so to have something completely new, I think, would be really fun. Hmm. I agree. Yeah. It would be nice to see some kind of tribute to Akbar, considering how yeah. important he has been. Ugh, Akbar's so important. So important. <laughs> Died off screen. Ridiculous. I mean, it was kind of on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think he died in that moment, or were there a few moments of floating in space before the oxygen left his lungs completely? It depends on how real we're talking about space here. Not real, it's Star Wars. Yeah, who knows then? <laughs> Akbar was out there for a whole 30 minutes, just chilling. <laughs> just chilling. Just thinking, what if, though? What if, if he's we- still just out there chilling? He's like, if Wedge was here, he'd come pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> what if he just, like, floats into the Resistance base and nine halfway through and it's just oh like... <laughs> oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you no clearly one- do not understand <laughs> Moncal physiology and our ability to process oxygen at a slightly delayed rate from humans. I cannot... Your Akbar is just Yoda. It's, <laughs> it's like, such a good Yoda. <laughs> But then when you do Yoda, it sounds like someone else. Just do that as your Yoda. My, my, my no, Yoda is such a good Yoda. <laughs> no, that's not Akbar. That should be your Yoda. Insult like... my Yoda? How dare you? Dean, <laughs> 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 um, I honestly thought instead of bringing up Aftab Akbar, you were going to talk about Babu Frick. <laughs> Uh, what? Who's Babu Frick? Who's Babu Frick? What? Are you serious? Babu Frick? It's yeah. the droid monkey thing! What? The what? I haven't heard about this at all. Oh my, oh my god. God, let me you send you something know? in the... I... What? Show us the droid monkey, Meg. Where is it? <laughs> literally There's a droid about monkey? Babu Frick for an entire day. <laughs> Did we? I do not remember yelling about Babu Frick. Is it like a lug beast, but a monkey? I'm just going to share my screen for a second. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. 
Sorry to everyone at home. Can you see this? Uh, I see a gray screen. Oh, that's from The Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. What? I thought that guy was from oh the video God. game for some reason. I did not yell about Babu Frick, surely. It looks like a video game capture, doesn't it? Like, that doesn't look like a, a movie. Bit. A tiny like and silly game. android smell. Yeah, it's a puppet. So oh, tiny. Oh, why does he have to be a puppet? That's the reason why he has <laughs> red eyes. Because set, Seth, real sets, practical effects. It's practical because goggles. every time I get good droid content, it has to be cursed in some way. Yeah, this time it's a small puppet. It's a small puppet. Works among the spice runners of Kijmi. Is that how we're saying this? Kijimi. 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 And can reprogram or modify virtually any droid, regardless of the security measures protecting its systems. This movie so, is going to be 17 cursed. hours wrong. Yeah. Long. So at some point, <laughs> this <laughs> little monkey guy is going to put that thing Zori Bliss is holding up in today's still into C-3PO's head. Oh, is that why his eyes turn red? What is Probably. Zori Bliss holding up? Some, like, data pad of some kind or something. Oh, Okay. And this is all confirmed, or this is all fan theories? Fan theories. Okay, cool. Cursed. Just cursed. <laughs> what did you think it was going to be when we said a tiny monkey thing? A you... tiny <laughs> monkey <laughs> something about a droid, droid monkey. Person. And so I, yeah. was, I thought it would be You didn't say the word repair the first yeah, few times. You said droid okay. monkey, and I got really excited about being like a little droid that looked like a monkey. Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah. I did not expect a puppet. <laughs> this is something different. What if there was a Kawakian monkey droid, though? Yuck. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Meg on that. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> no thanks. I've had enough. Veto. <laughs> unless, unless it means that we can get Oscar Isaac now in human form to say, like, how much he hates monkeys like he did on Resistance. <laughs> Because that was choice. Did that answer your question, Danny? Yeah, it sounds like, in conclusion, we're excited for Aftab to be hanging out with a monkey droid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, well, since we're riding this Tross train, uh, <laughs> let's continue with the Tross hype and talk about uh, Lyra Urso. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Why are we talking about Lyra Urso? I don't was, know, Danny. You tell us. It was because we 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 <laughs> theoretically starting something to do with Rogue One. So. Oh yeah, we're we're getting into Rogue One season, aren't we? We're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go see Rogue One when it hits cinemas this December. <laughs> Listen, great time right out. now, right now, I would rather just have a re-release of Rogue One. <laughs> I would always rather a re-release of Rogue One. I don't care what yeah, it's replacing. I would just rather that. Never a bad thing. Um, okay, so, so, I'll be real with you, I wrote these notes like a month and a half ago, and I haven't read them since, so, Great. we'll be on a little adventure to see what, what we know about Lyra Urso. We're, we're working um, together. But before we jump in, what are, what are y'all's, like, just like, right now in this moment in time, feelings and thoughts and emotions about Lyra Urso, if any? I love her. She is a Star Wars mom. Um, she is a Jedi-looking aesthetic. She's a freaking hippie. Uh, I love her. She should have had Galen's role. Yeah, she should have had Galen's role. Also, she's like, I could cosplay her and pull it off because yeah. she kind of looks. You would like do me. a good Lear or so. Yeah, I had a lot of people after the movie came out being like, she looks kind of like you, and I was like, what? But I can kind of see it, so you know, here for that. Yeah, like if you had spent ten years like hidden on a farm, being stressed about the Empire, and also having a tiny child. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any particular feelings. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I I am curious about one aspect of her, which is how she has like the red um, cloth thing that the Chirrut has. Yeah, that cool. is what I'm interested in. Well, I think we maybe we'll talk about that, but I don't remember. Um, but first, here are some just overview points, courtesy of Wikipedia. Uh, Lear Urso species is human. Mm-hmm. Whoa, no way. Height is 1.7 meters. <laughs> so, Safi, you would need to wear some tall shoes to cosplay her. Yeah. Um, Lyra Urso's hair color is auburn. Eye color is brown. What's Skin color auburn? is... 
I wouldn't call it awkward. I wouldn't call it awkward. <laughs> this seems like it was written by a dude that doesn't know he. It was written by a dude. All right, well let's it's let's change it right it's now. It's on Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we edit Wikipedia in real time? I don't think. We I think can. so. I don't know how to edit Wikipedia. I'm not. Gonna I think you can. Right now, but yeah. But if we were gonna change her hair color, what would we change it Let to? Let me be? look up some photos. Hold yeah, same. Hang okay. on. Pretty sure I just say it's brown, but hang on. Yeah, that's just brown. That's brown here. Okay, brown. Not Aubert. <laughs> that is like the most ordinary brown hair. Yeah. That is not Auburn. Because Auburn has like kind red. of like the red tint to it. Yeah. That's just brown. That's just straight up brown. <laughs> it's brown yet. Right, like why would you say eyes brown and then be like hair auburn? It's like what? <laughs> so would we classify her eyes as brown or are her eyes auburn? Her eyes are brown. Her eyes are brown. Okay, great. Um, skin color, light. Ugh. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. All right. Thanks. I guess that's a designation. Well, to be fair, I feel like skin color does make sense in Star Wars because there are aliens with different skin colors, like Twi'lek. Right. But I don't feel like it doesn't need to be applied so much to humans. Well, I mean, there are theoretically humans with different skin color. We wouldn't know it because they always blow up in the first scene, but... Uh, there are theoretically other skin colors than light on humans maybe, in the galaxy, right? Maybe for, like, the books it's helpful, because, like, book characters, they can say, like, it's easier oh, for them yeah. to be like, oh, they're dark-skinned or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, in the movies they show up as white, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Let's let's dive into that uh, sidetrack real quick. <laughs> you know, is it... Is it important for them to, like, mention the skin color of a human character in, like, books and things when we don't have a visual? Yes. Um, or are there other ways to portray someone being of a different skin color or having, reflecting, quote unquote, the real life experiences of people with other skin colors in space fantasy novels? Uh, if you don't straight up say it, even if you do straight up say it, people will just assume they're white. Uh, yeah. Just look at the Hunger Games and yep. Rue, who is described... <laughs> yeah. As a black girl in the book, very explicitly, and people still got mad that she was cast as a black girl because they're like, "No, she's supposed to be a little white angel," and it's like, "No, Candace mm, doesn't that. see her you like her, her sister <laughs> because she's white. She sees her like her sister because she's a little girl who needs help." Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's actually a study. Um, this was this is about crime, but there was a study that they did where it was like two con- two groups and. Um, it was showing news of like a suspect fleeing a like uh, a mugging and in one they're they're shown a picture of them and it's like a white person and they're given all of the descriptions and then in another one they're just given the descriptions without um the picture of them and in both groups they both reported a black person um as being the mugger so so, like, the majority reported a black person. Racism is wild. Yeah. So, like, as much as, you know, we want to say that we shouldn't have to keep pointing out that this so-and-so is dark-skinned, so-and-so is, like, is, like, if set in modern, like, America, right, that this person is, like, African-American or black. Um, we have to, because otherwise people will just use their biases to cast everybody um there was i mean controversy by twitter standards so (laughs) keep that in in mind but there was about uh when black spire came out about how delilah dawson didn't do well by vi who was the main character who was a black woman um and and i think that what i saw a lot was that the you know it was mentioned that she was of dark skin but nothing else about her experience um really resonated with um like the black experience and and as a white myself i I guess i'm just kind of curious um like how how does one go about portraying that in science fiction fantasy and we're like totally off topic here but it's just like what i'm thinking about as i'm looking at this like is it just that you need to have people of color like actually reading it to like sensitivity readers that 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 should be a given but like like i'm curious then like what is it that about like that you can use to portray someone's experience i don't know does it make sense what i'm asking yeah and so i i confess that i only got like a third of the way through black spire um <laughs> but I even in like it. in in the beginning like i did notice that 
it went out of the way to say that her hair got relaxed and that's why it was like straight this time. Um, which like on the surface, or like initially I was just like, Oh, like that's a, that's an interesting point that like she brought this up to say that normally her hair is natural and like curly or whatever. Um, but then like thinking about it again and like looking at the rest of the, like the rest of the book that I did read, that was like it. And it's such a stereotypical thing that like black people have different hair. And so it did seem like really half-assed, mm-hmm. right? Like it's the bare minimum of like what you know of black people. And it's all in appearance. Um, and it's hard when you're doing things like fantasy and sci-fi because you want to be like, well, it doesn't directly correlate to, you know, black American families or something like that. Um, but the audience, you have to write for the audience and like the audience needs to be able to see something in them if they are representing them. Yeah. I feel like a good kind of like, uh, counterpoint to that, like to Black Spiral play be Lost Shot. Mm. How so? I mean, for one thing, it was written by a man of color. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like I haven't read Black Spire, for, but for what I have read of uh, Delilah, Delilah stuff, it feels like in a lot of ways she just kind of writes the same character with different uh, shallow stuff slapped on it, and I feel like. V has kind of fallen to that in a way. Um, there was also the whole issue of you know her being the first canonically ace character in Star Wars. Oh, I um, have some feelings about that. <laughs> yeah, but there being the whole thing of like in media denying black women sexuality um, yeah. and like kind of taking away the image of them being sexual in any way, uh, and so mm-hmm. her being ace intersected with her being black in a really not great way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that probably could have been picked up on if they'd had sensitivity readers um, or had in-depth knowledge of intersexuality or talked to anybody about intersexuality, intersectionality. Um, So yeah, that was a whole big other thing. As it kind of seems like, yeah, she was like, yes, I'm going to write a black character and then didn't really think about that beyond that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, we should, we should do an episode about this someday. Um, but we should also invite on some guests so yeah, that Mike doesn't have say... to carry the entire burden of all non-white fans. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if we're going to do that, we need some people who aren't just white and also, yeah. like, Meg. Because <laughs> yeah. right. we are yep. three-quarters white. We are not the people to have that conversation. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. But also, can I just say my piece on yes, absolutely for a second? Go for it. Uh, yeah. While I really, really, really like that she is, like, explicitly ace, and while her identity of being ace, like, the type of ace that she is, is super valid of saying that, like, she's not interested in relationships, she's not interested in sex, um, I personally was just disappointed because that's the image we get of, like, every ace person. Like, in media, there hasn't been any nuance to, like, the types of aces that, like, I see represented. Um, like, I identify as somewhere on the ace spectrum, but, like, I am, I am very much into romantic relationships and given the right circumstances, like I have sex. And so for it to Same. just read, right. For it to just reinforce again, that like the misconception that people already have, that if you're ace, it means like you absolutely don't want to have anything to do with romance or sex at all. And like, that's just really tough to get people's minds away from and like media is one way for them to understand it but still media is still like the only represent representation they're giving us is like straightforward like this very particular way yeah very shallow representations of them um because yeah like from asexuality to like hypersexuality it's kind of a spectrum um Mm -hmm. and i identify as what is it uh, I've already forgotten what it is. Ace fluid, something like that. Not that. Something like that. Um, where basically I kind of swing from one side 
of Ace to, like, slightly less Ace, or maybe mm-hmm. less Ace. Um, and, yeah, like, there are nuances in it. And it is cool to be like, yeah, we have a canonically Ace character. But also, I wish Star Wars would um, add a little bit more nuance to its representations of yeah. things in the books which have more space to do that. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> Not to mention the whole thing that the reveal of her being ace comes right after her former abuser is hitting on her. Yeah, it's... Yeah. And her response is to laugh it off. And be like, no, I'm not interested to that. It's a lot. It's a it, lot. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot there that was even like for me as a non-ace white person made me very uncomfortable just reading it. I was like, ugh. Yikes. Big yeah. yikes energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, Black Spire. That, this, that was Light our Black skin. Spire mini cast. <laughs> anyway, we did it. We talked about those early, early early review copies. Delray. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also wrote a review that addressed none of that on our Rogue Podger <laughs> blog. So there's that too. <laughs> yeah. We did address the very important part, which is oh my god, product placement. Um, yeah, <laughs> product placement was so silly. Were there any of the Coke uh, bottles? No, they didn't mention Coca Cola, but everything else. Was everything like... else. Every time she goes into Oga's Cantina, it's like, I will order this off the menu for this many dollars, please, and thank you. (laughs) And wow, these Ronto wraps are so good, I'm going to lick the wrapper. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, I can't read this book. I can't. Oh, my God. There's no way I can handle this. Oh, my God. Well, that was the whole thing where I was like, if this was any other book, I probably wouldn't even blink twice, but because it's a Galaxy's Edge tie and I know what they're doing, and so I'm just like, okay. Right, and, like, we've had enough friends, like, on Twitter who have gone to these places and, like, taken pictures of all the drinks and stuff like that, so, like, we know what it is. (laughs) Yeah, whereas any other book, I'd be like, oh, Ronto Raps, that's excellent world building right there. Right, right. But we Uh, know. Yeah, I hate it. She's just another person at Galaxy's Edge for the day. <laughs> right. So, anyways, our last episode in the show notes I wrote, this episode is not about Lyra or so. I might have to do that for this one, too. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. We're going back on track. We're, it's going to be about Lyra. About All right. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, it's Lyra time. Yeah. <laughs> God. She, she, Rogue One didn't do her, do her very good, and we're not, we're not doing her very good either. Here we go. Uh, Lyra Ursa was born 47 before the Battle of Yavin on Arya Prime is the planet. Um, died 13 before the Battle of Yavin on Lahmu. Lamu. Um, I don't know, it's a really pretty place that was filmed in a really pretty place. Is that New Zealand? No, I wish. No, New Zealand does not look that gorgeous. It's we like somewhere up in, like, about New Iceland or Greenland or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, New Zealand has looked that gorgeous. I have a Lord of the Rings trilogy that says otherwise. <laughs> okay, okay, no, I, New Zealand's gorgeous. It doesn't have that kind of landscape. Sure. And that is a gorgeous sure, that landscape. that kind of agrarian... Yeah. Um, isn't it weird that years in Star Wars are before Battle of Yavin? To be yes. fair, I don't think that's uh, canon necessarily anymore, but everyone knows it at this point as that. because Right, like, that's the way thing. they... The comparison is, like, before the death of the Messiah and after the death of the Messiah <laughs> on, on our planet. So now yeah. it's the so Battle of that, Yavin? Like, of like, all uh, the battles... Luke, Luke blowing up the Death Star is, like, the Jesus moment of the Star Wars universe. To be fair, that is a I pretty mean, big is. moment to destroy the Death Star. But is the Death Star Jesus, then, because it comes back? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the Death Star was no, no, the no, no, real no, no. chosen one this <laughs> no. whole time. It comes back no. in three movies? Like... Yeah, no. <laughs> Not... Oh, wow, that's on the nose. <laughs> and in the third movie, the Death Star rose again. <laughs> Wow. Is that why we have eggs on Easter? (laughs) Yeah, that's why we have eggs on Easter. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And then in the seventh movie, the Death Star came again. And then the ninth star movie, the Death Star came again. We rest. (laughs) All right. Um, Lyra Urso is portrayed in Rogue One by Valine Kane is the actress's name. She has 32 other credits on her IMDb page, zero of which I recognized. Yeah. And now we're going to read through them, one by one. <laughs> uh, our dramatic reading for the episode. <laughs> Valine Kane's IMDb page. Better I'll or take, worse than the Panera menu. I'll take the years. Uh, all right, oh so... my god, she was in um The Fall. I freaking... What? I loved that show, and I didn't recognize her as the rehearsal. <laughs> 
what is the fall? It's a really, that- it's a really good. Um, I think two season crime. Thriller. That's with Gillian Anderson, yeah? Yeah, Gillian Anderson's, like, the main character. It's basically her hmm. trying to... Oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't recognize her. Um, her trying to catch a serial killer, basically. Um, and it's, like, a real deep dive into, like... It's it's so good. It's extremely good. Um, I don't really get into that kind of show very often, but this was so good. Also, uh, the main character, Gillian Anderson's character, is bisexual. <laughs> I like the way you said that. <laughs> I don't know if I do. I like I like felt it in my bones. I did like I shivered a little bit. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. oh okay. Yeah, Saf's here. I am here, and also it's just very. Um, weird. yeah. So go watch the fall for more Lyra Urso content. I cannot fucking believe I didn't recognize her. Holy shit! <laughs> I recognize like random background characters, like who said one line, and I'll hear their voice in another thing and be like, oh, that's from Star Wars, and I didn't recognize freaking. Lyra Urso. The disrespect that Lyra Urso gets. <sighs> See, now I have to rewatch that show knowing. Next time on right. Padron. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall. The Fall <laughs> cast. Um, so Lyra's life. So most of what we know about Lyra, besides like the little tidbit from Rogue One, comes from Catalyst by... James Lucino. Uh, James Lucino. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Um, so just like spoilers for that whole book. If uh, if you want to read it, which I kind of enjoyed it, it's pretty good. I like it's it. actually I like a good, like, good prequel to Rogue One. Look, Luciano's writing can be a bit dry at times, but he's a he's a solid Star Wars writer. Like he is solid. Um, I mean, I haven't read Tarkin, but I've read a bunch of other stuff, uh, and I actually really liked Catalyst. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it I might was... actually be my favorite Luciano now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember, like, hurriedly trying to finish it while in the cinema for Rogue One. I was, like, <laughs> 20 pages off finishing it when the movie started, and I was real mad. So, read Catalyst, or listen to this recap thereof, of the most important character. Nope, second most important character, because Poggle the Lesser plays a big role in Catalyst, and we'll do a Poggle the Lesser episode someday. <laughs> um, but, for now, Lyra. Okay, Lyra was an only child, grew up on the planet of Arya Prime. The only mention of Arya Prime in all of canon is that at one point in Catalyst, Lyra suggests that her and Galen return to Arya Prime because Lyra's mother, um, her mother is an artist, by the way, so that's cool. We don't have a lot of those in Star Wars. Um, her mother's health is failing. Um, they don't go back to Arya Prime to see her mother who's failing, and there's never any mention of Lyra's mother again. So, uh, <laughs> I guess Lyra's mother also got Star Wars mommed. <laughs> Hey, Star Wars, can you hire me to write about Lyra and her mom? Seriously. Please. Oh my god, I have such a mom thing. Please let me do this, like, Star Wars. an artist and a burgeoning scientist slash environmental activist? Look, my mom There's was an artist there. and also an environmental activist. And here I am doing podcasts. Uh, so I feel like both Lyra and her mom were my mom. Yes. And I'm Jin, the chaotic uh, disaster child. Yep. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Lyra was an only child, which I said in the previous bullet. <laughs> It's important. Uh, now we've said it twice. Uh, Lyra studied at the University of Rudrig in 29 BBY. In canon, there's no other mention of Rudrig, so we don't know if it's a planet or a city. But you may remember that our Wraith Squadron fave, Tan, it's up there again, Fanon, <laughs> was from the planet of Rudrig, which was a planet in the Tian hegemony. So I'm choosing to believe that um, Lyra Urso studied on the planet that uh, Tan Fanon was, but a wee child probably at that point. That's amazing. I like this. I'm here for this. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a good random connection between Rogue One and the X-Wing books, isn't it? Yeah. That's wow. real good. Wow, thanks, Lucino. I miss you, Tan. <laughs> I miss I miss you, Tan. Pour one out for I'm our boy, Tan. <laughs> <laughs> if the age, like, how old was Tan in the book? Like, if the ages work out, probably not. He's probably too young to have been in a, a hot love relationship it's, with it's her. It's incredibly so hard to tell because, like, they all seem, like, besides, like, Gavin and stuff like that, but, like, most of the cast seems like they're in their 30s, but they're not. Oh, I assume they were all babies because of how they acted. Because Wedge is, like, <laughs> 28 and old. Oh, yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So Todd may not have even been born at this Todd point. Todd was like 25 but, but, as the old man of Race Squadron. <laughs> but we can imagine that Lyra and Todd's mother may have been friends. 
They were more than friends for sure. They were more than friends. Yeah. Um, Lyra is one of the most relatable Star Wars characters um, <laughs> because she had to take out student loans to pay for college. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And like, this is a thing that is actually talked about with her character. What? <laughs> Why was there not more no, about Lyra? She's such no. a good because character. She had a, she had a, <laughs> she had a side hustle providing Holonet footage and that's how she paid off her student loans is like working for the Holonet, like getting B-roll footage. What the fuck? God, that's extremely <laughs> relatable. Oh my god. I don't bu- I don't believe it. Wikipedia said it, and Wikipedia also said that Lyra's hair was auburn, so therefore it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do vaguely remember that from the book. It's been a long ass time since I've read that. Um, and I, I mean, the, again, this is just the joy of Lucino, is that you get details like this. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that actually is. He does love to throw in details. And I think that's one of my favorite things about his writing, is that there are just a lot of details. There's just things. It's not just, like, yeah. Star Wars is happening in the foreground. He, like, tries to provide some depth to what's happening. Also student loans, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's just, it makes it that much more realistic, because, like, she's a scientist in an academia, all acad- academic. Academic. She's in academia. Oh, yeah, an academic. That's <laughs> Um, Academiologist? And like, those people sure have a lot of debts in our world too, so. Yeah. It's good. Good, uh, good real world connection there. Anyways, Lyra Urso, hashtag millennial hero. Yeah. Um, (laughs) we also learn a a minor character in Catalyst is Nari, Nari maybe? Nari, Nari, Sable, who is a human with green eyes and is Lyra's childhood friend. Um, and would eventually be her maid of honor when she marries Galen. Oh, um, what a, what a Earth America wedding! <laughs> yeah, maid of honor is a thing in space, I guess. It should have it's been the maid of honor, yeah. maid of spawner. Spade, spade, spade of honor. I don't know if we can make this work. Spade, spov, spawner. But also, like, just thinking about that, you know that Krennic was Galen's best man. Yeah. Oh, no, And I just that. imagine Krennic at a wedding. He would have outdone everyone. He would have worn white exactly. to outdo the bride. Lyra. You Lyra know he Galen's... wore white. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I doubt Lyra wore white. She probably wore green yeah. or something. <clears throat> yeah. Lyra and Galen's whole story, their whole life is just like the tragedy of being overshadowed and being manipulated by Krennic. It's and like, like a even fellow. their wedding, all anyone noticed about their wedding was Krennic. It's like I mean, Iago in Othello. Iago is like Krennic. Some ties to some ancient literature right there. Ancient literature. <laughs> Shakespeare Padron. Um, so, anyway, Maid of Honor Nari moved to Alderaan during the Clone Wars was a gymnast and runner and uh, played a role with uh, Lyra and Jen on their Kyber Crystal Crystal mission, which uh, we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, Lyra and Galen got married at some point. It's not important. (laughs) After that, after they got married, Lyra worked as Galen's lab assistant. That seems like a conflict of interest. Again, (laughs) first of all that. Second of all, Galen should have been Lyra's lab assistant. Yeah. Um, but they research kyber crystals on the planet Vault for a company called Zerpin Industries um, Science. Science. Um, then a whole bunch of politics happened. <laughs> Vault was overtaken by the Separatists, or in the Clone Wars era now. Galen and Lyra, who were sympathetic to the Republic, tried to escape Galt when this happened, but they were caught and imprisoned. And then Oops Jin was born. In prison? Jin yep. Ursa was born in prison. Yeah, oh some bad timing there. She's Javert. And, the, and <laughs> she just stayed there until the opening of Rogue One. Yeah, basically. So that was this was part of Catalyst where, like, I think this is the opening scene, actually, is Jin being born. Um, but the, the, um, the Galtians? I, the, the Galt beings? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, like, really liked... Lyra and Galen, and they were, like, sad that they had to keep them imprisoned. (laughs) So, they were, like, they were, like, nice about it. They let Galen be present when Jin was born. So, you know, that's nice that he got to be there for that. Okay. 
That doesn't really make up for that, but all right. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think the separatists were kind of pressuring them to do it. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm right. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those where like the the native peoples on the planet like did not care one way or the other. They just like had to abide by whatever systems were coming in. Like, and like, what to do. The, like the why Uta the Pau. fuck do we have to imprison a yeah, like very Pau, heavily yeah. pregnant woman? <laughs> right. That was here doing science. <laughs> like, right. This um, is important research. I don't see it in the notes. But I feel like Jin was named in some way based on their experiences in that planet. Ooh, maybe. I don't I don't remember, but up. I feel like there was something about Jin's name. I don't know. Um, I could be wrong. It could be. If it was, it wasn't on Lyra's Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then anyways, the uh the shadow of their lives, Orson Krennic, came and rescued them six months after Jin was born. <laughs> As part of good timing. Oh, what do you got, Saf? Oh, you. Um, as part of a prison prisoner exchange system, which honestly just sounds like the worst study abroad program (laughs) ever. (laughs) So basically, Krennic brought some different prisoners for the Galt separatists to have in their little prison, and took the Urso family. Um, Did you already forget that it's called Vault or Vault? Why am I keeping calling it Galt? Vault. Anyways, then Credic in a very Credic move ordered. What am I? What did I even type here? Ordered the keep where they were <laughs> being kept. <laughs> this is funny. That was funny that I wrote that. Ordered the keep where they were being kept to be destroyed. So all of their research associates and friends were killed while they oh. stood by watching. Cool. And that was like the first moment when they were like, oh. Krennic is maybe bad, actually. Oh, well, boy. to be fair, I think Lyra this whole time had been like, I don't like Krennic, I don't trust him. And Galen was like, no, nah, no, nah, he's my best friend. He would never do wrong by me. He's so good. And then... He wore white to the wedding, Galen. Yeah, Galen, come on. <laughs> and I think he, like, did that as a way to, like, be like, hey, you gotta you gotta love me or else I'm gonna destroy everything you love. Yeah. So you're saying that Krennic was manipulative. Yeah, a little bit. Hmm, a little bit. That's a take. Yeah. Seems fake. <sighs> so, you know, that was rough on everyone. Four years later, the Clone Wars have ended, and Krennic offered Lyra a job studying kyber crystals on Alpin. Lyra, at this point, is much more intuitive than Galen, because she's not secretly in love with Krennic, unlike Galen. <laughs> um, and saw Krennic's intentions, which were that he wanted her out of the way so that he could more easily seduce, I mean, manipulate Galen to do Death Star stuff. <laughs> Um, you were right the but, first time. <laughs> <laughs> but she went anyways because the siren song of science, I guess. Yeah. It's unclear. I feel like at that I, point she's just like, what am I going to do? If right. he wants Galen so bad, he can have him. <laughs> right. Just, I'll just get out of the way. I think Galen also like encouraged her to take it and was like, you can trust me. I'll like, It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And she was like, well, you are my husband, so I do have to trust you. <laughs> Mm, you don't have to. <laughs> don't have nope. to. So after three months of research, you know, she took Jin with her, so Jin got to do some kyber crystal research. Yeah, actually, research I think part of it was to just get Jin four and a half year old. Way. Yeah, that's true. Jin, who, by the way, Krennic throughout the entire book refers to as the child, yep. and never <laughs> says her name again because it's he's weird. jealous. It's weird. It's so weird. Well, he wanted to have his own child with Galen. Yeah. I mean, in in the movie, he does just say, find it. Like, Yeah. You've known Jin for how long? (laughs) So, so yeah, Jin's four and a half. So they go to Alpin. They do their kyber crystal research for three months. Um, On the way back, they visit a couple of planets called Samovar and Wadi Rafa, because Star Wars. Uh, But... Oops, they've totally been destroyed, and Lyra, at this point, finally connects the docks back to Krennic and the Death Star Project. These planets are being, like, over-exploited for their precious resources, mm-hmm. and Lyra is not dumb, and she sees that it's Krennic and the Death Star. So they get back, and Lyra, like, helps Galen finally connect the dots, and Galen is finally like, oh, my lover, I mean, best friend is evil. Dang. And so they eventually <laughs> escape, and they hide out on Lamu. Which, by the way, has a population of less than 500 on the entire planet. So, like, that's the place I want to live. It does sound nice. And it looks nice. Very pretty. They start a little hobby farm with an underground bunker, as you do. And 
Well, we know the rest. Yeah. <laughs> She's a mom in Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason that I like, I mean, Lyra Urso, is a, I think, is a good character who got done wrong. Um, but the reason I like her that's beyond that <laughs> is because she is the closest we've ever had to a space environmentalist. Of course. So Lyra was a big nerd. She was super into studying the history and philosophy of the Jedi, Ooh. which was directly inspired by her love of the natural world. So um, in one of the previous scripts of Rogue One, Lyra was actually meant to be a Jedi. But the writers ultimately decided against it because they wanted this movie to be about quote unquote normal people. Yeah, but that's why I think that's why they designed her still with a pretty Jedi aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Which I yeah. like. What do you all think? Would would you have liked it if she had this like little subplot where she was actually one of the escaped Jedi? Nah. Cause then we would have had a cool Jedi mom and she would have just died, so that would have made me even more sad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it works better this way. And then it ties in with Chirrut and the Church of the Force. Right. Yeah. Um, because Lyra d- believed that she could feel the Force, but was unable to tap into it the way the Jedi could. I mean, but that's I think that's thing. kind of, those are common, that's kind of the common interpretation of Chirrut as well, is that Chirrut can feel it without necessarily being able to use it or manipulate it. Yeah. Yeah, because I think there are, like, levels of Force sensitivity, basically. And, like, the Force does affect everything and is in everything, but only some people can actually, like, actively use it. Other people can just kind of hear it or feel it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so as part of this she began she's she wears that red sash in the movie and and that is something she started doing on coruscant because that was a practice of some of the force worshipers uh just like the ones we saw on Jeddah. so that is the origin of the red sash Mm -hmm. it's her it's her religion um, it's possible she's connected deeper with the Church of the Force at some point because this is Star Wars and everyone has met everyone. She maybe even mentored a young Lor Santeca. Oh, really? I mean, weirder connections have been made. That's fair. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I do wish we got some more Church of the Force stuff. Yeah, because that was a really cool thing that they were they were kind of like touching on with like Rogue One <clears throat> and Lor Santeca and stuff, and then they just kind of like lost nah. it. it I feel like off. there will be more of it after 9 comes out. I really hope I so. I feel like they're like really holding back on, on Force mythology and weirdness, which is an odd thing to say after Star Wars Rebels has happened. Um, but I feel like after 9 comes out, and especially with these rumors about Project Luminous, like, I feel like we're about to get real weird with the Force, and oh, I, I bet the Church so. of the Force is going to play a big role in those future stories. I want to get weird with the Force. Give me a young Basin Chirrut cartoon. So, those planets that Lyra visited and when she was so mad about that Krennic destroyed, those were legacy worlds. Which, I mean, of everything in, in Catalyst, of course, this is what really piqued my interest. Because essentially, legacy worlds is the national park system of the galaxy far, <laughs> far away. Wait. So. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so legacy worlds were planets in remote regions that were environmentally protected and legally exempted from exploitation. At least during the time of the Republic, this was the idea. Mm -hmm. These were, just like our national parks, these were planets that had, like, precious resources or important landscapes, and basically you weren't allowed to touch them. Hmm. Just like our national park system, occasionally limited industrial presence, such as mining, was permitted in specific regions, but it was, like, all regulated for the lowest possible impact by the space DNR or the space... Wildlife Federation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sp- the Spadinar. Right. Um, but anyway, the Empire, um, once the Empire took over, what they did was they had some old Separatist weapons. Um, they had a smuggler, who we meet in Catalyst is one example of this, transporting these old Separatist weapons to these legacy worlds. And then, like, shortly after these weapons were transported to those worlds, someone from the Empire would discover them. Oh my goodness. And then they use that as their justification to strip the legacy status because it was, like, old Separatist hiding place, I guess. What the heck? And then they began mining them to exhaustion and use the supplies for Death Star materials. Yep. Wow, the Empire Empire sucks. Yeah, the Empire's the worst. Yeah. Pretty bad. It's like straight up, there's like serious environmental philosophy going on in this book here. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, they're just like, oh, look at these separatist weapons, which clearly means that this is an old separatist hideout. So therefore, we must mine all of the resources from this planet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
And everyone was like, "Mm mm-hmm. So during her time on Alpin, Lyra is taken by the pristine environment and believes strongly that it, as a world, should also be granted legacy status. Um, But, you know, then she, when she goes and visits the other worlds, she sees that clearly the Empire is not interested in this program and she's pissed off about it. So in short, Lyra Urso would help save the space whales. Oh, she would. And so that is the story of Lyra Urso, environmental activist. I like it. Um, there's a little fandom footnote here about Lyra Urso. Um, a time that fandom got mad. <laughs> great. Oh, I do remember this, yeah. Um, it involves Chuck Wendig. Oh, of course. great. That's why I remember it. <laughs> so Darth Vader Annual Number 2 is a comic that came out in July 2018. It was written by Chuck Wendig, and when it did, people got mad about Lyra Urso. Yes, you may be surprised to learn that there was a Darth Vader comic that came out in the last year and a half. <laughs> No. It was Darth Vader annual number it was, two. It was just called, it had the word Darth Vader in it. And... <laughs> Doesn't sound right. So I had like a very vague memory of this um, because I don't usually tune into these little spats. Um, so I consulted my Canon consultancy crew, which in this case consisted of Chris Worms, Ben Warman, and a website, 1138. Um, and I'm still kind of unclear, but basically... What happened in the novel was that Lyra figures out that Galen is being manipulated by Krennic while on Alpen, yeah. which is why she leaves Alpen. She wants to go back and, and stop Galen from being manipulated. Yeah. Mm. But first, there's a big old goodbye party on Alpen, and then they go visit the Legacy Worlds, as we have talked about. Mm. In the comic, Vader's droid tells her everything, and then she immediately goes back to Coruscant. Mm. And I remember so, being mad about this because... The canon continuity crowd are mad because of it contradicts canon, but also it all, it removes Lyra's agency basically because instead of her figuring out putting the pieces together, Vader's droid just tells her everything. Right, and like, why yeah. would that happen? Yeah, it's like ugh, I don't like it because it disrespects like what exists of Rogue One already. Um, like, Catalyst is an important lead up to Rogue One. You can't just like disrespect it like that and just be like oh no no what it did doesn't really matter especially when it comes to the legacy worlds because like that's an important part of showing the the reign of terror of the empire but also like exploring who Lyra Urso is but also yeah it just totally is like oh no she couldn't have figured it out on her own let's just have someone straight up say it to her so she can go save her husband like she's smart she worked this out she doesn't need help right yeah but at the end of the day, it's a comic, so... If anything's not going to be canon, it's comics, so... Yeah, yeah like... Yeah. Meh. It's it's easily ignorable, is what I would say. Yeah, I do wish we'd gotten a comic, a good comic with Lyra. Yeah. Well, it's never too late. Mm. We're getting a freaking TV show about Cassian. I can dream. So, Lyra questions. Does Lyra matter? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should Lyra and Galen have been switched? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I I started with two yes or no questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is Lyra Urso's legacy in the Star Wars galaxy? I think she helped take down the Death Star because... Her, like, belief in the Force is where Jin got it from. And that is a big thing that pushes her to actually, like, fight and stop the Death Star. And, like, not directly that, necessarily. Um, but also, like, her mother's activism and belief in right and wrong. Um, I feel like probably played a big role in that. I mean, a bigger role than Galen probably did when it comes to her actually wanting to save the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, especially now knowing that Jen's kyber crystal that she wears is probably from when she was out with her mom on on these pla- on Alpin. So, like the fact that that's like her special thing, um, you know, I think means a lot because like, obviously it means a lot to her and it keeps being brought up during all of like the movie. And, you know, it's, it's Lyra saying, you know, you're not going to win that 
Jin repeats at the end when she's facing Krennic. So that's a that's a huge impact. Yeah, totally. We uh we talked about like a lot of different Lyra stories that we could see. Like we talked about like I think there's stories with the legacy worlds. We talked about her childhood with her mom. It'd be really cool to see more of her relationship with Jin. What medium do you think would be best to see more Lyra or so if we were going to? I would love film. Like not film, but like something filmed. Um, in that like she goes to gorgeous environments. I would love to see that. Uh but I feel mm-hmm. like a book would probably be the best way to do it. Because you have a lot more depth in a book. And also you can <laughs> write about least important characters in the grand scheme of the galaxy in books. Yeah. You can write about cooler planets and not worry about budget. Also that. Yeah, that's true. Also have a lot more aliens. Yep. And gay people and all of the other things that we get in the books and not in the films. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. It's really hard for gay people to turn up on screen in Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Like impossible so far yeah so far (laughs) unless there are random ew articles telling us that those characters are gay i mean holdo is pan but even then like that part of the book was it was not great it felt like a way they were like look she's queer but in a way it just kind of felt like look we're confirming that leia is straight right yeah yeah Yeah. anyway (laughs) Um, yeah, I think a book would, I would want it to be like a YA book or like, what if it was one of those like illustrated guides, Mm. but, but like her journal as she's going through and like making notes and like, yeah, and like figuring out and like even where she's like figuring out the kyber crystal stuff. Um, and like, there's cute little like drawings from Jen where she got a hold of the book. And like, I think that would be really, that'd be really great. Cause I like, I love those companion novels where it's like from their point of view. I think they've been really successful with the sequel trilogy characters, um, like, uh, Bomber Command and the raised like journal and stuff like that, I think have like a really good audience and have been received very well. And so something like that, that also involves like these beautiful planets in the galaxy that like we don't get to see and talking about legacy planets and stuff like that, I think would be really neat. Okay. That is a thing that is awesome and will never happen because Rogue Run has come and gone. Um, but we should totally make it ourselves. Yes. Yeah, Danny. I was just thinking, Danny, <laughs> Danny. We, between Danny. the four of us, we have the ability to make that ourselves. We do. We totally we do. do. I mean, I've gotten really into drawing plants and shit lately, so, like, I'm keen. I'm keen there for this. There you go. Yeah. Saf's our plants and shit illustrator. I'll be our biology consultant. Meg, I'll do you're an excellent writer. Thanks. Heath can, like, Photoshop a cover. Great. Heath can do research for us and also Photoshop a cover. Let's do it. Great. Nailed it. Rogue Podron Publishing. It's happening now. <laughs> Listen, it can go along with also my Star War- my Ewok zine series that's going to come out. So Perfect. I'm all in on this, by the way. I'm yeah. serious. Oh, this is so good. This is just no. like these Veerda articles that I tried to do by myself but never had the energy to. Now I have a team. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Great. Thanks, Lyra. Uh, this is her legacy. This is Lyra's this is legacy. We found legacy. It. We're gonna keep Lyra's legacy alive. Yeah. We're gonna do it, even if it's just if it has to be just the four of us. We get, we'll do it. You know what? She <laughs> deserves this. <laughs> she deserves this. But we hope that you, our dear listeners, will join us in our crusade. Crusade? Yeah. To keep Lyra's legacy alive. So use the hashtag Lyra Legacy. <laughs> eggplant emoji. Eggplant emoji. It's been a while since we've had a hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. We need a better hashtag than that, but we'll work on it. Hashtag Lyra lives. Lyra lives. <laughs> she doesn't, though. But she's back she in lives her heart. <laughs> the point is she lives on in us. It's her legacy that lives. Yeah. Perfect. Great. All right. Should we do listener questions? Yep. Yes. All right. Go ahead, Danny. <laughs> oh, no, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know what this question was. This was we a weird question. Why did we ask this? Oh, realignments. Yeah, Got they were it. like realignments of like chaotic good and stuff yeah, like that. Right. Different yeah. ways. And yeah, each the... of them had a different lightsaber. Okay, I remember that now. All we have written in the show notes is give us a ray and her lightsaber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the question. Extremely helpful. 
<laughs> very, very specific. All right. Swara said, Ray would be a chaotic good and have a double-bladed yellow lightsaber. I'm here for that. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like Swara just had an agenda, but it's yeah. better than his usual agenda, so I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Tom the Fanboy said the Ray was dropped on the Ray that was dropped on Hoth grew up in the old rebel base. She's a neutral evil Tauntaun girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love Instead that. Of a horse girl. <laughs> Horses crossed out for Tauntaun girl. Tauntaun girl. <laughs> Her lightsaber, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> her lightsaber is built from the wampa arm Luke chopped off, fuck? and the red blades are where the claws used to be. Oh what my god, fuck? I love this. I love <laughs> so this. So it has like four blades where the claws used to be. Yep. Little, I love this. Little she tiny wear, like, blades instead of claws. Yeah, she wears it like a claw. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner leader said, Okay, so one of the rays is a grass type who grew up in the lake country on Naboo. She's strong against fighting and water types, so I hope that's her sparring against Kylo in the storm in the Tross trailer. Her lightsaber is green, of course, and the handle has a vine connected to her belt, so it can't be stolen by certain wannabe Sith. Named after one of her fellow grass types, she is known as Grook Ray. <laughs> and I guess she's like chaotic neutral or whatever. <laughs> oh my god, these are really... Why didn't more listeners give us this stuff? This is so good. <laughs> those were because the... the question was, give us a Ray and her lightsaber. And those Look, were the three was, responses we got. It was our goal, was to give people a prompt that would give us wild stuff, and we got some wild stuff. Yeah. And it was delivered. I wow. think... It was delivered. All three should get a Bodhi. I don't Did... know, I feel like we should give Suara a glistening... <laughs> glistening Kale. A glistening body. Glistening kale. <laughs> a glistening kale. <laughs> All right, Swara, you got glistening kale. <laughs> Congrats. I'm really impressed with how much Dinner Leader has learned about Pokemon in such a short time. It's because of our Pokemon episode, right? We Wait, was Dinner Leader a, a Pokemon noob as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Dinner Leader. We should play Pokemon sometime. Yeah. When? Okay, next time I hang out with you all, we're all playing Pokemon Go together. <laughs> it's happening. Okay, great. Great. I'll put it in the schedule. Yes. All right. This week's question. Is this an okay question to ask? You yes. didn't put anything I, in your, the I can't notes. see it. There's nothing Literally in don't here. see anything. <laughs> no, I... Just ask it. Oh, you know, I think I actually did end up making a copy of the show notes, <laughs> and that's where I am. <laughs> yep. Say, you're not even in the same show I'm, notes. I'm week. in different show notes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I remember you typing one out. I scrolled down. I was like, "It's not in there." All right. Yeah. So uh, I guess you'll read it, and we're along for the ride. Yeah, we're committed. What would yep. be Lyra Urso's favorite holiday carol? Oh yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I need to think about this. I need one. to yeah, think I about need, this. I need to think about this. Yeah. I need to go through all my uh, my Christmas music. Yeah, that I me love too. Something. Me too. And yes. Please feel free to change the lyrics of a holiday carol <laughs> to make yes, it please. fit Lyra Urso. We've and, we've and seen we'll include all of these in the Lyra Urso diary. Yeah, because she'll she'll be working on her Christmas carol lyrics on the oh side. Oh my god, yes! As oh she's god, exploring yes. different worlds. Oh my god, yes, yes! <laughs> Has- hashtag Lyra lives. I'm so I'm so keen for this. Oh my god, I love Christmas. Exciting. I love Lyra. I love drawing plants. I'm going to explode. I'm so excited. This is amazing. <laughs> and I've made zines before. <laughs> I can see my, like, audio levels just getting louder and louder as <laughs> so I get more excited about this. Extremely important. <sighs> so that's our question this week. Please, please do this for me. I need this. <laughs> please answer. <laughs> please answer. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at RoguePodron with your listener responses. Our email is RoguePodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. We have a Patreon, which you can pledge to. And you should you should do that because you get good content, like early episodes, uh, random things we've recorded together, like stuff about baby showers. Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we one of our many attempts to record this episode failed, but we still got 30 minutes of Patreon content, so... Yeah, there you go. You can get some exclusive content. We have a Discord, which is very fun. Uh, some good memes in there. There's a real good meme in there today. I'm not going to tell you what it is, The episode included a discussion of... Um, was it find the nipple? Yeah, I think it was. No. Mm. Yeah. Was it yes. like nipple bobbing? 
Bobbing for nipples. Bobbing for nipples. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. It's a good time. Uh, so if you play Shoss, you get that kind of content. It's great. You can you can subscribe via the Rogue Podrum feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google, and any of your other favorite podcatchers. Read and review us on iTunes. It helps us exist. Honestly, uh, people can find us. You you want people to hear this, right? Yes. Also, we can uh, read the reviews out loud, which is great. Uh, and we have an updated review from Squee. And I do appreciate this, actually. <laughs> uh, it's squee plus minus bar x divided by 3.5 bar times 4. Edit. Not spam. Just spam. I do love spam. Just to put us all straight from our previous disagreement <laughs> yeah. about whether or not this was spam. We thought this was spam. It was not. This is a genuine... Someone is just really... I can't do the math, but I feel like someone is squeeing a lot because they're really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Five stars. Do we get a new five stars now that it's edited? Or is it, like, still the same five stars? No, it's the same five stars. Oh, so we've already eaten these stars. We've already eaten them. Ugh. These are just star bones, then. <laughs> star bones! <laughs> is that what kyber crystals are? Star what are kyber crystals if not star bones? Star bones! Yeah, I feel like they're star oh. bones. Lyra Urso said that. She did. She did. It's gonna be a little note in the, in the margins. What are kyber crystals? Equals star, star bones? bones? Question no, mark. It should be. It should be. She like. It's one of those. You know how kids, like real young kids, just say the smartest stuff. Sometimes they just yeah. like they're there and they just say something. You're like, wow. Lyra Urso is listening to her daughter Jen Urso, who's like this child having just looking at a kyber crystal. She's like, mom, kyber crystals are just star bones, and her mom's just like, holy shit, they are. <laughs> She's right. Holy and shit, she like writes it down in her journal weirdo. because of that. <laughs> Kids are so smart. Kids are so smart. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So, who? The next name is not Lyra or so I was wondering time. about that. Who? Anyway, next time, we haven't decided yet. So, <laughs> isn't it Rogue One? Is it Rogue One time? Is it Rogue One time, Saf? Alex Friedrin comes back. Is Alex Friedrich We'll definitely back? have a trailer by next time. So oh, yeah, shit. it seems like a good time to discuss Rogue One. <laughs> okay. <laughs> next time, probably trailer. And probably then trailer. I'm bringing Alex Friedrin back. It's happening. Great. Cool. Well, I was serious. I don't want to do a whole episode of the trailer. No, we are. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's, you know we're going to like say we'll just talk about it for a minute and then we will have a whole off the rails episode about it. Just That's like true. the D23 news <laughs> before yeah. this. Just like this. Uh, I wish Star Wars would just not dump on us for a while. <laughs> Danny, we're in dumping season. I know. <laughs> dumping season. It's about to get real dumpy in here. <laughs> and with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. It's about Cash to get real out. dumpy. Pew 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 Dump 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 dump. <laughs> I knew someone was going to do that. I just knew it. It's dumping season, (laughs) y'all. We did it! We recorded the episode! Oh my god, we actually did it.